What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. Welcome to a bonus episode where we are going to talk about the 1995 masterpiece. Yeah, I said it. Mortal Kombat, the motion picture. And that's all we're talking about this time because it's too big to fit into the regular show. We had to do it in its own special show. And by we, I mean Chris and Don. Let's go. Talk some Mortal Kombat, man. 1995 Mortal Kombat. Last week we talked about the our influences with the game and uh, how we play. <laughs> Choking on a piece. <laughs> you're so you're so excited to start choking. I understand Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I'm choking. <laughs> choking on a peanut, man. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about the games and our influences and how we played the hell out of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on the Super Nintendo. This week, I wanted to talk about the movie. We're heading to the new HBO Max, I guess, premiere of Mortal Kombat. Huge, huge uh, premiere, which I'm actually getting more and more excited about. And uh, I'm ready to move on to wanted to pump ourselves up. So we want to do Mortal Kombat, the 1995 motion picture. You watched it for the first time in God knows how long. It's streaming now on Peacock. So if you haven't watched it, make sure you go stream it. And then swing back and uh, listen to this conversation. But Don, how'd you feel watching Mortal Kombat for the first time in question mark? Mortal Kombat, 1996. Is that what you said? 96? 95? 95. Let's start off by talking about our memories of uh, seeing Mortal Kombat for the first time. Us both being like huge fans of the series. Uh as we're kids, 95, 12, 13 years old, uh, a Mortal Kombat movie coming into our lives was just like mind blowing back then. We were super excited, I remember. Uh, loved the games. I think Mortal Kombat 2 was already out by then, right? Because Mortal yeah. Kombat 2 came out in about 94. So we had two games under our belt. And uh, so then this movie comes along. And yeah, man, super. We were super excited. I I remember going to see the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, we grew up in Glenwood, Illinois, and Glenwood had a theater, strangely enough, called Glenwood Theater, where uh, this was playing when it came out. And I remember my dad took me to see the movie, uh, just me and my dad. And uh, my dad wanted to go see it too. Uh, he's always been like a big fan of kung fu style fighting stuff uh growing up and so he had no problem taking me to see this movie uh yeah man and then and then rewatching it now uh a lot of those old feelings came back i mean the movie this movie didn't win it isn't going to win any oscars or didn't win any oscars it's not like it's a crime <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> It's it's not it's not Gone with the Wind. It's not Casablanca. It's not any you know. It's not hey, Castaway. all those all those movies are canceled now. So <laughs> long live Mortal Kombat. Right, uh, but man, a lot of a lot of great memories kept coming back watching this movie. I I felt excited watching it again. I've probably seen it you know at least 
10 times in my life, if not more. And, and watching again, you know, it's the same. I'm just as entertained watching it the first time. I, I called it a guilty pleasure before, but I'm not even guilty. I feel no guilt. <laughs> I feel no guilt watching Mortal Kombat and enjoying it. Uh, yeah, man. How, how what, what were your initial feelings and memories of Mortal Kombat? So I have a completely different story of Mortal Kombat because as I mentioned on the last episode that we did, my dad wouldn't allow me to see Mortal Kombat. He yeah. rated PG-13 because of the controversy. He was like, yeah, you're not seeing that one. I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm 13. I should be able to go see Mortal Kombat because it's PG-13. Nah. He's like, nope, sorry. And he held his ground for that. And uh, my mom, I complained enough that my mom, and hopefully my dad's not listening because I don't want him to get mad at my mom. My mom took us to the show to see it. Yeah. So I remember going to Western Heights. Yeah. And seeing Mortal Kombat, and I swear it was with you. Probably was. And I my mom, went again, yeah. My mom took us to go see the movie, and she's like, "Don't tell your father." So, <laughs> Dad, if you're listening, I'm, you know, don't don't be mad at mom. I'm sure I, I'm sure I complained and complained, and she was just wanted to shut me up. Yeah. But she took me, and I even remember asking her at the end. I was like, "Do you see anything in there that I shouldn't have seen?" She's like, "No." Yeah. Uh, but it was one of those things. And I remember when I turned 18, I was like, come on, Dad, we're watching Mortal Kombat because I'm going to show you the movie. I held a grudge for five years right. about this movie. And I remember watching it with him. And I'm like, was it that bad? He goes, yup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't let you see that when you were younger. Which, if you've watched the Mortal Kombat, and hopefully at this point, if you're turning this one on, you've recently watched it or you've seen it before... It it was a very grounded movie for you know for how outlandish and how crazy that video game is. It was an extremely grounded movie. They tried to do everything realistic as realistic as possible. They weren't doing crazy. I mean, yeah, you had the one fireball, you had the bicycle kick, you had a couple of Liu Kang's moves that were fantastical. But yeah. for the most part, the the story and everything was pretty grounded in reality most of the moves were done as real as possible so you didn't have the crazy fatalities you didn't have you had easter eggs you had nods you had throwbacks but you didn't have it wasn't full-blown like this new one looks like it's going to be with ripping people's arms off and Kano walking around with someone's heart in his hand right so it just I think because of that, and especially because of the time and special effects and everything, it seems like this movie has aged extremely well because they did very minimal special effects. Right. I mean, well, yeah, you can tell when it switches to computer graphics and they're going around a, a tower or they're yeah. doing random things. But, I mean, Goro was in this movie and he was fully prosthetic, animated, you know, like animatronic puppet. Right. You know, they, they, practical effects instead of it was all practical effects that they did, and I think that just makes. I always stand by the fact that practical effects just make stuff last longer. Yeah, like you said, you can spot some of the spots in there with the CGI, and it's just funny to look at it now through a new lens of like, um, you know, all these years later in 2021, the uh, CGI they did use just looks so dated, but it's it's great. It's great still to see that stuff, but it's like, oh, it's like when the uh, scorpion, when the spear comes out of his hand and it's flying around, you're just like, that looks so cheesy, but it's so great at the same time. And uh, Reptile, his, when he's the lizard, just looking like a Super Nintendo video game 
<laughs> it, yeah. It, it, but it's it's great. It's cheesy, <laughs> but it's great. Uh, oh yeah, this this it's of course it's going to be cheesy. It's Mortal Kombat. I don't right. I don't I don't even expect the new one to not be cheesy in some right. way. I mean, if they don't, the games are cheesy. If you don't have some level of humor about what you're doing, then it's not Mortal Kombat. Right. Yeah, that's definitely going to be part of it. But if you're a fan and you're watching it in the first place, I think you kind of expect that. And that's kind of what we're going to expect with the new one and what was throughout this movie. And I'm hoping with the new one, too, you see, because this one and and, and this, of course, there's a lot of things that, you know, I was 12 or whatever I was at the time. And there's a lot of things I didn't see yet. But I remember watching this movie, and especially from a martial arts standpoint, which I do love kung fu martial arts movies. I love choreography. I love, you know, like I said, big fights like that, fist fights. It's what we grew up on. You know, every movie ended with a fist fight, and they rarely do that anymore. You get a throwback movie every once in a while, but I mean, the big fight at the end you wanted to see, it always came down to fisticuffs, you know, and who was going to yeah. get the get the upper hand. I was I watched after I watched Mortal Kombat, Peacock told me to watch Street Fighter, and of course I did because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I watched, you know, and then even at the end of that movie, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting Raul Julia in a street fight, you know. Because that's and, a believable fist fight that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, versus Raul Julia. Let's, <laughs> let's see if he stands a chance against one of the greatest fighters in the world. Gomez Adam. <laughs> Which about that movie as a quick sidebar. I find it hilarious that Colonel... Well, we always said Gully, but Colonel Guile, yeah, with his American flag tattoo and like I'm American, had that thick ass fresh French accent <laughs> and like it's just uh, that was a terrible casting. I don't know what they were thinking, but yeah. I know what they were thinking is Van Dam is money, so we're gonna put him in this. And apparently, if you look through, there's all kinds of videos online talking about the making of that movie. Apparently, Van Dam was on so much blow during that movie. <laughs> <laughs> And he was spending all of his money on that, and that was that's funny. But that was sidebar. I don't want to talk about Street Fighter. If you guys want to hear us talk about Street Fighter, shoot us an email at raisedgeek at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter at raisedgeek, and we'll talk about Street Fighter. But we're back to Mortal Kombat. One of the big things with Mortal Kombat in me that I think helped it really age extremely well is the music. Oh yeah, like that music is still iconic, and it's still. If honestly, it's not in the new movie, it's a it's a crime. It's a crime. It's a shame. It's just it, you can't do it now. It's so iconic with Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't. The, the, it's the just techno, in your head. The techno breakdown. Of the, and you and you yeah. can't tell me that you haven't worked out to it at some time in your life. Oh, you've you've been it? on a treadmill. You've been lifting weights, and that song has come on somehow or some way in your life. I was dancing around to that song this morning in the kitchen, cleaning up. I mean, <laughs> come on. We put the, I put the original soundtrack on because I knew we were going to talk about the music a little bit and uh, just watched the, rewatched the movie last week. And yeah, man, the music throughout that movie is fantastic. Like, almost outshines the movie itself. I know they all work together to, like, form this, you know, Mortal Kombat. But uh, yeah, dude, the music throughout it that movie. It makes the movie. It makes the movie. Yeah, and, uh, you know, even the 
orchestrated parts, the songs, just like the one that sticks out in my head the most is like the Goro Goro's theme song that they play a bunch of times. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that that song is so cool. And like when he's fighting art, uh just and then when he's fighting Johnny Cage later, the song comes up again. He's, every time Goro's on screen, he's kind of got his own theme song music, and it's just like super fitting. And uh, we were talking about earlier the 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 Sub Zero when Sub Zero first has his like exhibition fight at the beginning, like that song that plays when all the henchmen are clearing the tables around, and that music's playing. It just like gets you pumped and gets you into it. Yeah. Great music throughout that whole movie, man. Yeah. You're right a about that. A taste of things to come. A taste yeah. of things to come. And then they run through and they clean out for the first Sub-Zero demonstration, which, full disclosure, Donald and I used to recreate that in his bedroom <laughs> as kids. We would listen to that soundtrack, and we'd hear Shang Tsung say, A Taste of Things to Come, and they would do the drums. And we would run around and pretend to move tables around so we could take turns being Sub-Zero and take turns being the guy who gets frozen to death and recreate that i mean that's how big this movie was because i can guarantee you we weren't the only kids doing that uh you like to think we weren't the only kids doing that but maybe we were <laughs> are we the biggest geeks of all maybe <laughs> in, the, in all of the world recreating the sub-zero scene i don't know yeah it was fun maybe that was fun maybe but <laughs> but what's funny is goro too for whatever reason talking about music and uh I can imagine, too, for whatever reason, in my head as you're saying it right now, I'm picturing the Bulk and Skull theme song from Power Rangers. So I'm picturing Goro walking around, and you just hear, (laughs) (laughs) And I bet you that would work. If there was a supercut of that with Goro with Bulk and Skull's music, I think that would work. They would probably fit. They sound like they could be interchangeable. It was very, very similar music, just not as goofy. Full disclosure... We're we're at the end of a long recording session and we're several beers in. So Mortal <laughs> Kombat, this is going to be a, a, a different kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, you just deal with it, guys. Come on, let's get loose. Let's have Ho- fun. Hopefully, you're you're a couple in as well. Uh, one of the things that I found funny when this movie really got going, and you really start hitting, just fight, 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 fight. One of the things that I always thought about with this movie is that it felt very summer campy. Okay. Like it always, it felt like to me where it was just like, all right, you're going to be over at the desert and you're going to fight this guy. And now you're going to be in the temple and you're going to fight that guy. And if you've ever gone to summer camp, you kind of have that where you, you have your counselors and Shang Tsung was always there as like <laughs> overseeing these fights. And it just, I don't know, to me, it could just be me, but I always had this summer camp feel to the back or like the middle of this movie where they're just, each scene is just literally another fight. Yeah. <clears throat> I could be crazy. I always, I always thought it was weird about you mentioning, you mentioning that. It just makes me think. Like, I'm just gonna throw out random thoughts out here as we're talking. But uh, the first couple fights, or the first fight they had, it was Liu Kang versus like an unnamed guy, like the the character with the long braids. Yeah, I always named I, him DJ. Okay, yeah. He In my like head, DJ. he was always DJ. I don't know why. He looked, he looked like DJ from Street Fighter. That's probably right. why. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And Shang Tsung was there, and uh, Liu Kang beats him, and Shang Tsung takes his soul. And there's another fight with Sonya, I think, where Shang Tsung's overlooking, and he overlooked those couple fights. But then, like, the next thing they do is a fight with um, 
Johnny Cage, the Johnny Cage and Scorpion fight, which is like the first fight that is not in an arena. It's kind of out in this wooded area, which that's totally a cool scene. That might be like the top fight in the movie if you really sit and think about it. I know it was probably like the longest one outside of the final fight in the end. But uh, I always remember thinking every time that scene comes up being like, where's Shang Tsung and who's watching this to see who wins? (laughs) <laughs> where like who's who's refereeing this fight who is uh officiating what's going on like i don't know i always thought that was weird yeah uh, but that was a cool cool uh fight scene there i would say uh did a lot of callbacks to the fans of the video game like into scorpion's lair there towards the end and oh yeah his teleporting and then johnny cage shadow kicking into it and then going to hell and yeah that was that was definitely uh a cool fight there but no i i see what you're i see your point about like the summer camp feel i can feel it it's just it's each scene just kind of it has a summer camp feel if you change the music and you throw some kids in there you you have a summer camp movie (laughs) uh with scorpion it was funny because you know the throwback to the the video game lingo so it's like you have shang sung and he was very you know very easily and casually thrown around the finish him your soul is mine Sure. Flawless victory. Didn't even say a double flawless victory somewhere in there. That didn't even make any sense. Like he was, he was very, he spoke in video games, Mortal Kombat tongues. And, and then they did the same thing with Scorpion where he did the first, of course you had to have him say, get over here. Cause that's what he said. But then they were like, well, we want Scorpion to say more. Well, Scorpion only talks on this cadence. So Johnny Cage is up on this platform. Get down from there. Uh. <laughs> like what yeah Um, it just is so funny that he only spoke in that cadence yeah that was super funny they he said get over here and he said come here which is like interchangeable because he said that in both games i think it depends on which game you're playing which one he says yeah but yeah the get down here in that voice is so funny like uh you're just waiting for him to like to say some other stuff like you're a good fighter or something (laughs) like in that voice like that's the only way he can talk, and he's only got a couple of things to say. Let's uh, go get milkshakes. <laughs> right? Good fight, brother. Oh, man. I would love to watch that spinoff. <laughs> Scorpion talking random randomness. Yeah. I don't know. Another fight. The other, Speaking of the other um, ninja in the game Sub-Zero, his fight with Liu Kang. Uh, just a random thought I had in that one is that that fight had a lot of cool choreography in it do you agree like score sub-zero running up the wall and uh a lot of their interaction with each other yeah and i think i was going to make that point earlier just like that sub-zero running up the wall and flipping over him was the first time i ever saw that in a movie as a kid like now it's been used i don't know if it was used before then but like they did they tried with the choreography for this yeah and it was totally cool but towards the and that was a shorter fight than the Scorpion Johnny Cage one. Once Liu Kang gets like the better the better of him, that's when you see Sub Zero start to like channel his uh ice ice powers he has. Uh-huh. And another just funny thought I had about it is we already see, have seen Sub Zero at the beginning of this in that exhibition fight we were talking about. Yeah. And all he did was throw that throw his ice power on the guy and exploded him. He didn't do any kicks, no punches. So, so like the real the realistic mind in me like the cynical mind is like why in this Liu Kang fight as soon as Sub-Zero got in that room wouldn't he just start channeling that ice and like <laughs> like I'm not gonna fight you 
I've already shown that I have a power that can just freeze you to death. And, like, that would have been the end of the fight right there. I know yeah. this is just my, me being weird, but it's it's funny to me that yeah. this little What happens when you, when you watch a movie too many times? <laughs> right. You find all the holes and the things that are more realistic, and you're just trying to ruin the fun for yourself. But, uh, yeah. Bad but that's, that's where the fun is sometimes in those movies, when you watch them a hundred times, and then you find all those things, and you make those jokes, and you have all of those things in your head. And this is definitely one of those movies where... I know I sent you a text basically saying this brought back so much of my childhood rewatching this, most of it with you, because that was the thing that we did. And we were so into this movie as, you know, 12 and 13 year old kids. And it's just crazy to see how much of those little jokes and those little things that we would make about the movie make that enhance the experience of watching this movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure you had those thoughts, too, of stupid stuff that we used to do on top of just jokes and like like you just did. Why wouldn't Sub-Zero do this? You know, that's all the stuff that you talk about. So it's just it's always fun when you can watch those movies again after so long. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, we we probably watched this. More, like I said, more than 10 times as kids. Oh, yeah. and, and I think 10 those... is being generous. Yeah, or, 10's, being, 10's being lenient yeah. or short there, or... there you go there yeah. you go so watching this again now uh like i said has all that all those memories flooding back and just having fun with it again like remembering why you liked it so much then even though you've grown up and your tastes may have matured a little bit but you can still go back and enjoy a movie that meant a lot to you as an adolescent uh it's just it, you know it it's still fun. holds up it still yeah. holds up the the choreography the fights because they did them grounded it doesn't look cheesy most of the stuff still hands in there goro because they did him practical he aged fine yeah yeah you can tell he's a puppet or he animatronic or whatever he was but he still looks pretty cool yeah he's limited in what he can do most of the times he just held two of his arms up over his head and said roar <laughs> And then, and then they would cut to the two Basham brothers in the uh, crowd turning at each other and going, Goro! <laughs> As they did about four times in that movie, I think we counted. Yeah, four at least. They just kept the same showing those two guys. dudes. I was like, showing those guys, doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the only extras they had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would, they would scream, yeah, and then they would turn and look at each other and go, Goro! Yeah. And he cracked funny. me up. Cracked Goro, me. yeah, Goro for the times was probably like top of the line. This is awesome movie magic, like great puppeteering. And it's still, like you said, it still holds up. You can still watch it and not like, you know, laugh the guy off screen. It still, it still works. He had, you know, they, they made it so he could have some facial emotion pretty well. Uh, like you said, he was limited in the fights, like the art fight, he couldn't do much except, you know, punch and and the Johnny Cage, when the fight with Johnny Cage is even, you know, less, that's not even really a fight, that's just kind of, you know, a quick scene of Johnny getting the better of him and then, you know, taking him out, but uh, yeah, it was still fun, and you can tell in the new Mortal Kombat movie, which we're going to have that little clip of Goro they have, he's going to be 100% CGI, so they're going to get more into further delve into Goro I think which is cool because I've always liked Goro as a character even back in the games he's always seemed like an imposing guy you're supposed to be afraid of and so he was that in this movie and I feel like it's going to be even further in the new movie uh so that's that's pretty cool 
Well, and if you think back to the original Mortal Kombat game, that's about all Goro did. It's true. Yeah, he didn't move around much. He's just like a big, hulking big guy who one punch will take off half your life or whatever the case was. I don't remember, but yeah, yeah you're, you're right about that. So, I mean, they followed the game. That was what Goro did. Now, you know, in the, when you see him in the trailer for the new one and he's jumping through trees and stuff, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm assuming he's going to be a lot more nimble and probably a lot more vicious because this one is rated R. So right. we are definitely going to get the Mortal Kombat violence that we full, did not get. Right. Yeah, the full experience that we did not get in these original movies. What would you say is like the most violent part of this movie? This 90, uh, 95 movie. What was like the scene in there that pushed to the most violence like as far as they could go? It probably was at the end, just that idea that Shang Tsung flew through those spikes in the pit. Yeah. I mean, that was the, they didn't show it, but I mean, that was what you were picturing when he did the, when Liu Kang does the fireball and Shang Tsung falls into the pit and those spikes come up, you're like, the pit is here. And that was just what you, you know, and yeah, they didn't show a spike go through him, but that's what they insinuated. And I mean, I think that was probably the heaviest on the violence outside of, the only other moment I can think of that was a little bit over the top was the scorpion doing the fatality and Johnny Cage using the shield to chop half of his head off. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And when he cut him in the torso. Stomach, the, yeah. The lava blood came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those would probably be the two that I would jump out at. Yeah. I could agree with that. Just curious. Yeah, it it, but I think it benefited the movie. Um, like next week, I want to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation and yeah, really see from all I remember about that movie is that it's a train wreck and that they went way over the top with video game and let's like they wanted to have that fun with doing fake moves and if, as I told you last night when we were playing Warzone, <laughs> I remember Liu Kang doing an animality and just yeah. ridiculous shit like that. So I know that that's going to be bonkers. Yeah. And I have no idea how that conversation between me and you is going to go, but I'm super excited for it. Honestly, I think I've only, we'll get further into this during our conversation about that movie, but I literally think I've only seen it one time. Uh, way different than this this movie, which I've seen multiple times. So it's going to be interesting to watch that one. No, talk about that. This one's an easy one to talk about because it is honestly probably is one of my easiest guilty pleasure, as you said, and or just yeah. favorite movies. I can watch it all the time. The fights are still cool. Yeah, it's cheesy. If you've yeah. never watched it before, I don't know how it ages. And if it if let us know how it ages, shoot us a message. Let us know if you've never watched Mortal Kombat and you watched it in, in lieu in preparation of this conversation. Let us know well, how it worked for 2021 for you. Um, also, we want to know how you're excited for 20, you know, the new version, the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat and where they're going to do. We already know they're going to up the violence. They just released the other day, which I, do, I just can't bring myself to watch, that they released Liu Kang fighting Cabal. So I guess Cabal's in that movie. And they released that fight apparently on YouTube. So you really? can watch that fight already. And I'm just like, I'm already kind of mad that I know that that fight exists. And I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm watching that match that yeah. fight before I get into the movie. And I really am becoming rapidly super excited for that movie. Yeah. That, that's news to me. I didn't know they released something like that. Yeah. We're, we're already this close to the release of it that I wouldn't want to um, watch it and spoils, not the word, but like give myself too much of it 
I want to I, I want to see that fight in the context of the movie, watching it. So exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 with you though. I'm I'm getting excited about this as well. Uh, it looks like it's you know really polished and and could be really fun. Uh, like again, just like this, the older movie we're talking about. I don't expect it to win any Oscars or be groundbreaking in any way, but it can just be. Uh, you know, some some good old action fighting fun. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, we get that. I can't imagine us not. Yeah, can't imagine us not. But I think, unless you got anything else, that's going to wrap us up on Mortal Kombat 1995, directed by Paul Anderson. And like I said, it was a fun trip down memory lane to really rewatch this movie after a long time. It's streaming on Peacock, so if you haven't seen it in a long time and didn't watch it in preparation, make sure you swing over there. It's free for everybody. You just might have some ads. So definitely check it out. Next week, we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is currently streaming on HBO Max. So definitely make sure you guys check that one out before we talk about it. And that's going to be a train wreck of a conversation, I imagine, because everything I remember about that movie was made for direct-to-TV or direct-to-DVD, just trash. You know, just just like a train wreck, though, we won't be able to look away. Let's just make it a fun train wreck. <laughs> hey, I think we'll be able to do that, and if not, we'll we'll get a couple more beers in us, and we'll we'll talk about it. So I think it'll be a good time regardless, and we look forward to you guys being back for that. Make sure you guys also check out episode four of the Raise the Geek podcast is dropping Wednesday. So definitely make sure you check that out. We're talking all about Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four, Invincible uh, episode five, on top of what we're geeking out at and a lot of the news from the week. So definitely make sure you do not miss that come Wednesday. But until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. Thanks for listening to the Raise the Geek podcast. Where we all speak.